AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, and hello, 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 and welcome to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790, your station for talk and business. And what a gorgeous, beautiful day outside. I hope everyone's enjoying this nice little heat wave that we're having, and it's a nice prelude to what's going to be an incredible Memorial Day weekend. Um, the first full lighting of water fire uh, of the season. We did have a fire uh, last Saturday, which was absolutely phenomenal, celebrating 20 years of the Met School. We had Dennis Litke on the um, program last year, and the fire was amazing, and there were just so many people there to celebrate all of the incredible work that the Met School is doing. So if you don't know about the Met School, you better find out. Um, they, again, it was just such a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, but this is the biggie. This this weekend for Brown's commencement weekend, and thank you to Bank of America. And um, it's Memorial Day weekend. We kick off the Water Fire 2016 season with an incredible full lighting. That's got so much going on. Uh, and I'll give you a little teasers and little bits here and there and let you know what you need to keep your eyes out for, especially on that basin stage as we uh, kick off the lighting. At 7.30, there's going to be lion dances uh, there, which is phenomenal. And then there's also going to be the uh, Gendo Taiko drummers, uh, which are from Brown University. And they are just really, uh, it's phenomenal. It's kind of really celebratory and helps us to kick off that lighting. And then, of course, all of our favorites, Michael Grando, searching for his love on the river. So he will be there handing out carnations. And all of our favorite friends from 1031 Productions will be in Memorial Park. So stop by and see the gargoyles. Uh, And yeah, go to the Waterfire website. Click on the date and just see absolutely everything that's happening. And, you know, this is a big week just in general uh, with Memorial Day and uh, all of the activities happening. I know there's a lot of parades everywhere. And, again, we got all of our Brown alumni and uh, all the families uh, for commencement weekend here in town. And, you know, tonight, though, I've got to, I'm going to back up a little bit here. Because my first guest is one of my favorite people that there is. And we've worked together before for the celebration of the 150th anniversary of the Providence Police Department. And the Providence Police Department, I've got to tell you, uh, is one amazing, uh, amazing institution run by my friend uh, and chief of police, Colonel Hugh Clemens. Hello, Hugh. Good afternoon, Brownwin. Pleasure to be here, and you're right. What a beautiful day to kick off midweek what is expected to be a great weekend in the city of Providence. Yeah, and I mean, I know that you've got your hands full uh, this weekend with a lot of the, you know, a lot of people don't understand um, what uh, or everything that goes into not only water fire, but what the police presence has to be with all the different events that we have in Providence. I mean... This is true. And let me step back and send my congratulations and kudos to the Met. Uh, they're great partners of the Providence Police. So to Mr. Cedric Huntley and all the people who run their fa- fantastic organization, they do great things for the young men and women in the city of Providence and state of Rhode Island. I was there earlier in the day on Saturday for their events on grounds, and then I know you had a beautiful water fire. They're a great institution. And this upcoming weekend, as you say, this is the real kickoff to the summer of 2016, 
in when the city explodes starting on uh, Memorial Day weekend, so does the robust activity of the Providence Police behind the scenes. There really is a lot that goes on behind the scenes as far as plans, operational plans, and just coordinating all of city services around this vast amount of people that come into the city, uh, both pedestrian and uh, motor vehicle. Well, I know, you know, even for with Water Flyer, we've got, what, 75,000 people, and we need to keep it a safe environment, and your men and women on your force do such an incredible job of that. And I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, um, tonight I graduate, by the way, everybody, from the Citizens Police Academy, which Hugh and I are going to talk about a little bit. But I have to tell you, it has opened my eyes to, um, and I hope this is okay to say, you need more resources. I mean, the amount of work that comes out of your department and the amount of work that you have to do is, it was, um, it's, it opened a lot of eyes in our class. I mean, a lot of people were kind of stunned at uh, what you have to work with and the incredible job that you do keeping us all safe with the resources that you have. There is no question we have a lot on our plate uh, on a day-to-day basis, and it certainly heats up, if you will, during the summer with activities and with uh, more people out and about. So we certainly concentrate on the peace and safety of the residents of the city and the visitors mm-hmm. of the city. And Providence is a, a very robust city with activity, the arts, the culture, the restaurants. So on any given Thursday through Sunday night, downtown Providence is swelling yeah. with people. I mean, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to move. And it's all good. It's all good things. But there's a lot of planning and uh, thought behind the manpower and monetary resources that we put out before these type of weekends. So we're prepared, as always. I mean, it will be tight because downtown is is tight as far as traffic, but we're looking forward to a good weekend. But as far as the Providence Police Citizens Academy, yes, this, and congratulations, first off. Well, thank you for inviting me to participate. It was one of the joys of my last few months. I uh, always looked forward to it. I know you really enjoyed it. And if you could see Bronwyn's face, she's beaming knowing that I'm she's smiling. a graduate. <laughs> so uh, many people in the class, 24 in total, and they'll be graduating tonight. And it's something that the Providence Police Department has wanted to embark on for the last couple of years. And we finally pulled it off. And 11 weeks ago, we started this Citizens Police Academy. And tonight we graduate yeah. right in our auditorium. And uh, we're looking forward to this. And great people who are involved from the media, from the arts, from the community, uh, and people from all walks of life, including the courts, and uh, we had a really good group, and it gives people from the community and other uh, other job uh, other jobs that they may have in their day-to-day lives a view of what we do in the police world, and more specifically in the city police world, the Providence Police Department. There's so much that goes on. Well, that I mean, that those were some of the. Um some of the issues and understanding what the police um, go through, not only in their training, but having to respond to people and all of the thought and some of, you know, the the different branches and different offices within the police department. Mm -hmm. Again, they were, um, it was just such an amazing experience. And I think most people should see that because I think that often when we look at what happens on television and the police, you know, there's a lot of people that have got a bad idea of the police, you know, Mm -hmm. with the cell phones and people taking pictures all the time, and they really 
need to take a step back mm-hmm. and really be able to stand in the shoes of the men and women that are defending us. The, these type of trainings are very uh, positive for both the community and the police department. And certainly we know in the last 18 months around the country, there have been some really high-profile incidents and issues that have come to the forefront in national media and local media. And the world has become so globalized in the social media day. So whether it happens in uh, San Jose, California, uh, Abilene, Texas, tonight, tomorrow, we'll hear about it and feel it in the police world in Providence, Rhode Island, because everything is globalized. When, when a situation is put on social media, people want to know why did the police react that way. So it's important for us to constantly educate the public as to how dangerous and what our job is all about. And quite frankly, we've done really well here in Providence, and uh, our interactions... We have thousands and thousands upon tens of thousands of interactions. And uh, relative to that, we we do have complaints. I deal with complaints routinely. Mm-hmm. We have a professional unit that honors those complaints, and, and we hear them out, and we disseminate discipline where need be, and other times we don't mm-hmm. because the officer didn't do anything wrong. So this academy is an education process on both fronts, both for the community members who served in the academy and as well for the Providence Police. Well, you know, I've got a big mouth, Hugh, so I've been like, you know, talking about everything that I've been learning. I was in one of the classes and I saw that. <laughs> Be nice. Um, but the one thing that I love that you're doing and you have been so successful at is this kind of community policing and, and community engagement, which, you know, getting the officers out of the cars and really interacting with the people of our community um, because for a while there, you know, I think that was, I forget which of the uh, instructors was saying that, but, you know, you'd see a policeman, he's in the car, he's doing the beat, but we weren't really getting to talk to people and getting to know people. And that is something that you have worked very hard on. I remember mm-hmm. us talking about this two years ago and that this was a really big initiative of yours. And you've done a fabulous job. Yes, so the progressive police departments around the country learned a while ago that you cannot police from afar, from a a police car with the window up, with an officer on a cell phone, and and I don't like that when I see that. You know, you should have your window down and where you can, get out of your car, engage with the public. It's all about community engagement and community enforcement. And at the end of the day, our, our role is to reduce crime, fear, and disorder, and we do that through our partners. We could never police this city alone. That's why it's so important. All the community meetings we go to, because of our partners, we look for prevention and we look to problem solve. Yeah. By going to these meetings, we find out what the issues are and then we address them. And I really love you. I know that you've been work. You have a program which I'd like you to talk about, where you're working with um, kids who are interested in becoming police officers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, yeah, so we have several. Uh, two I'll speak about. One is the Providence Police Explorer program that's been going on for about 30 years. Uh, it's run by Providence police officers. They pick high school-age uh, youth from Providence, some are from outside of Providence as well. The class starts out with about 50 or 60, and they work them pretty hard. Yeah. And by the time they graduate, there's probably 20 to 30 in the graduating class. Let me tell you. These kids are squared away, and, yeah. and they were aspiring law enforcement uh, young men and women. Many in the past 30 years have gone on to become Providence police officers, uh, state troopers, mm-hmm. uh, local municipality police, or corrections officers at the ACI 
And even if they don't end up on a police department, they learn some life skills at this Police Explorers uh, Academy program that will carry them very far in life. And I run into these young men and women all the time now. They love the Explorer program. And they're so squared away when they graduate. I mean, I just, it, it's just awesome. And I mean, there's discipline and order. And then again, it's actually bringing the police officers out into the community, which, by the way, I heard that you've got a foundation that you're, that you have just kind of kicked off. And you had an incredible race on Sunday that I was not invited to. We really did. Unfortunately, you weren't around, or else you would have been there. <laughs> right on the stairs of the, uh, the Dunkin' Donuts Civic Center, you would have been there. But yes, a uh, uh, absolutely fabulous event of which we're getting great reviews on. And we kind of put it together in a six or seven week period. And I have to mention uh, Major Tom Verdi. He did a lot behind the scenes in putting this together, as well as many of the support staff in the Providence Police Department. But Three or four years ago, we had the plan to really ramp things up within the Providence Police. Number one, we wanted to celebrate our 150th anniversary. And as you know, we did that with a grand celebration. Where else but at Providence Water Fire? Because Mm -hmm. that signifies what Providence is all about. And we had a great, fantastic celebration. And I have to thank you and Barnaby and the people at Waterfire. That was incredible. Of course. Well, what I want to, we have to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the foundation, about our partnership and what we're doing. Because we've got some huge fires coming up this summer. And I know that we're going to have, we'll be working very closely together to try to manage traffic and gridlock and everything else. And I think we need to explain that to people and get in front of it, you know? Yes, we will. All right. So you are listening to AM790, your station for talk in business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelter, and we're talking to Colonel Hugh Clements, one of my favorite people. All right. Talk to you soon. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790, your station for talk and business. And we are underwritten by National Grid and supported by Lifetime Medical, uh, some two great organizations that allow us to be here and bring you behind the scenes of Waterfire, introduce you to our partners, and talk about all those wonderful things that are happening here in our little state in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, And I've been talking to my dear friend, uh, Colonel Hugh Clemens, because I'm so excited I'm going to be graduating this evening from the Citizens Police Academy, which uh, I think we were the first class, um, and we're kicking that off, and so tonight's our graduation. But the Providence Police, we were just saying, you know, they're such incredible partners of water, fire, and keeping us safe when we have like 75,000 people that are down and milling and seating around the city, which is quite a lot of people to try to wrangle, right, Hugh? It really is. And so before we went to break, we were talking about the wonderful work that you doing and, and it's really progressive whether it's the community policing and really mm-hmm. you know getting your officers out there um, and, and talking to people and, and bringing a more personal side again to you know the police and the interaction with the public uh, and then we were talking about this foundation and this incredible race that you just did so tell me a little bit more about that because I know my husband had always said that when he was growing up in the uh, the Bronx that there was a the police foundation always was supporting whether it was the little league teams or, or whatever that was and it was really important to uh, informative for him 
Yeah, so uh, clearly it's probably easier for some of the larger departments that are you know, stationed like the NYPD in New York City. They have a multi-million dollar foundation and the LAPD supported by the Actors Guild. But in some of the smaller cities, uh, some have done well with forming a foundation. And we spoke about this three or four years ago in Providence with a plan to start a Providence Police Foundation. And that was all around the talks of celebrating the 150th anniversary, which we did, with a water fire, with a uh, series, week-long series of events in the city of Providence. And as well, uh, there was a book written about the uh, 150 great years of the Providence Police Department. That was a great book. What was the title of that in case somebody wants to? It's just the history of the PPD. Okay. So surrounding those same planning talks, there were uh, we were looking to start the Providence Police Foundation and as well to have a, a huge gala event. So we finally have uh, done all the legwork behind the scenes on the Providence Police Foundation, and we kicked it off this last week with the Providence Police Memorial 5K in honor of the four policemen in our era who lost their lives serving this community in the line of duty, and that's Sergeant Stephen Shaw. Uh, Cornell Young Jr., Jimmy Allen, and Maxwell Dawley. Mm -hmm. So we had this Memorial 5K road race, and this particular race benefited three organizations. Number one, we had the Dorian J. Murray Kids Fun Run, and Melissa Murray, Dorian's mom, was uh, very actively engaged in this run. It was really uh, incredible to watch. She's quite a person, and many young boys and girls participated. And then we had the adult race, and as you speak about what Providence police officers do that many people don't know about in the community, there are the Providence police running team led by Johnny Benrose. He's become very engaged in an organization called Cops for Kids with Cancer. Yeah. And that's how we met Melissa Murray and, and Dorian and became very involved in D-Strong. So separate and apart, Providence police through this foundation have given uh, – many, many families, $5,000 apiece in their struggles and challenges with uh, their loved ones who are diagnosed, uh, whether terminal or uh, long-term. So, And then third, so for next year, we're looking to keep this road race going. Mm -hmm. it, it was so good, the road race. And I, already we're getting a lot of uh, tremendous feedback. There's no doubt in my mind the race will be at least twice as big. Yeah. And as well, we're looking to have a huge gala surrounding the foundation. You let me know when that is because we then we were going to promote the heck out of that. I think what you're doing is phenomenal and just... I've been using that word phenomenal a lot. I think you're a phenomenal, Hugh. <laughs> but anyways, you. I'm so glad to have you on. I will see you later at graduation. Um, I'll be telling the uh, public through over the next couple of weeks again how especially on June 18th we know that there's going to be a lot of gridlock and we're making a lot of um, proactive movement so that people can get around the city, know what streets are going to be blocked off, and you and I will be working together with the city services on that and making sure that it's up on websites and that we are going to make it just one heck of a day right thank, thank you for having us Bronwyn we will on the 18th and again congratulations on tonight your graduation thank you Hugh you are listening to AM 790 Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island and we will we'll be right back
Well, and hello, 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 and welcome back to AM790 Talk in Business, where you are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. We are getting all geared up for this weekend's Memorial Day lighting. For Br- it's Brown Commencement Weekend. Uh, it's Memorial Day Weekend. It's Brown Alumni Weekend. There's going to be a lot happening in this city. And again, our first full Waterfire lighting of 2016, which just gets me all excited because now I know. Summer's here. We're ready to go and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And on that note, with everything happening at Brown, um, well, here's something I just wanted to kind of put out there. I was, I don't know why I was doing this, but I was researching the history of Memorial Day. And on the History Channel, on 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 their website, it said, and I didn't know this, that one of the earliest commemorations was organized by recently freed slaves. And that was back in... The 1800s, where recently freed slaves went, and um, there were Union soldiers that were held as prisoners of war. A lot of them passed away. They were put in a mass grave, and in order to commemorate and thank them, these slaves and Charlestonians, because um, this all happened down in Charleston, South Carolina, went and made proper graves for everybody, and that was one of the first kind of kickoffs for Memorial Day, which I think is really kind of cool. And, you know, as I was sitting there reading that, I got this wonderful email about what's happening at Brown University. Um, It's specifically, I'm being produced by the Department of the Africana Studies and the Rights and Reason Theater. And there is a wonderful play that is going to be opening tonight. And it's tonight and Thursday and Friday. And then there's a matinee on Saturday. And it's called Afiba and Her Daughters. And it's a story of a Jamaican family's heritage and the legacies of slavery and colonialism. So I thought that was kind of a a funky tie-in with the history that I discovered, you know, about Memorial Day today. And so I've got my friend John Amy on the line. Hello, John. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm a little tired. Well, I know you're tired because you've been you you you're directing this show, right? I have. It's a it's a very complicated show and and really a wonderful one. It's uh it's kind of you got an epic sweep to it. It uh it uh encompasses the events of 1818 and uh the mid 19th century and the uh, coming of independence and uh, is about the heritage and, and legacy uh, of the colonial period in Jamaica. But it's all focused uh, on the decisions made by women within uh, a family, which there is, uh, includes descendants from one particular slave woman who killed her master. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it focuses around events in 1968 to 1978, which, as in this country, uh, and even more so, were, were tumultu- a tumultuous decade there. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the woman who's written this um, is, can you pronounce it? It's Nicosia Shakes. Nicosia right? Shakes. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about her? She's a Ph.D. student at Brown? She is a Ph.D. student. She's a fifth year. She's uh, finishing up her work in Africana Studies. And she has a background in theater in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is also... Uh, Writing uh, about uh, the, the position of women within post-colonial societies and has done a lot of work in South Africa as well as uh, in Jamaica and 
the Caribbean uh, at large. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a wonderful sense of the way in which history can become very personal in the decisions made by the women in this family. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm very interested because I was reading the press release on this. There's a lot of music that is um, integrated into the show. Um, I know that, but it's original music, right? It is uh, both both original music and music that uh, uh, sets the, really the various periods of Jamaican history. There's uh, mento music and ska music and reggae music, and uh, there's a, a wonderful local band, the Mystic Jammers, mm-hmm. and uh, new music by uh, Lonnie Plinton, who's the uh, artistic director of the Mystic Jammers. Well, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great show. How well, what's the running time of it, John? It's about two and a half hours. About two hours and fifteen. All right, and I, as I said in the beginning, it, I know it's tonight is the big kickoff and, uh, and your opening night, and then this is free and open to the public, right? It is free, right, absolutely. And so it's free, open to the public, and it's we're at Churchill House on Angel it's Street? It's at Churchill House at 7 o'clock on, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, and Friday, and at 11 o'clock in the morning because of the uh, graduation schedule. On Saturday. Very nice. Well, I know that we're going to put information um, up on the website, on the Waterfire website, and we'll promote it on Facebook. It just sounds like it's a, a really um, thoughtful and an incredible play. If you were to describe it, would you say that it is something more of a, a, a heavy tone, or how would you describe the play? Itself? You know, it's hard to describe. I don't know any play exactly like it, because on, on the one hand, it's got an epic sweep to it, mm-hmm. and it's got characters... Uh, playing uh, roles in 1818 um, of a master and a slave, and, and then the same actors uh, portraying roles in, in a, uh, a challenged but, but nonetheless loving marriage yes. uh, in uh, 1968 and 1978, and a, a daughter of that marriage who is trying to find her way through all the issues of black power and nationhood and... Uh, the post-colonial uh, troubles of, of Jamaica. And, and John, just one quick question for you: What what, what really drew you to this uh, this play and, and um, wanted to produce El- it? Elmo Terry Morgan is the artistic director of Rice and Reason, and uh, uh, Elmo uh, thought I was the right person to direct it, which uh, surprised me a little bit at first. But I, I read it, and and uh, it's a wonderful writing, and I'm just delighted to be part of it. It uh, it started as a domestic drama, but um, it always had that kind of uh, historical reach to it, and and bringing in the the history of Jamaican music in relationship to its political history has has uh, to me made it wonderfully theatrical. Well, you know, John, I want to thank you so much for um, coming on, telling us a little bit about what we can expect. Um, hopefully our listeners uh, will make it to see the play. I know that I'm going to try to make it with my husband, Richard, who, by the way, says hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, definitely... We go back a long way. Uh, uh, we're actually very active in that uh, period of the 1970s uh, as experienced here in Rhode Island. Y- yes, I know. I- I've heard stories, John, lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, there are a few. we hope to see you hopefully maybe tomorrow night um, or Friday night, uh, and we will be directing people to go see this play again. It sounds absolutely wonderful, and we will put more information up on the Waterfire website. So, John, break a leg with your opening night. Fantastic! Uh, uh, it's great to be directing a Rights and Reason, which came out of that very same period. So. All right. Very nice. Well, listen, it's getting great talking to you, everybody. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790, your station for talk and business. And when I get back, 
What's the coolest thing now that is happening? What used to be Water Place Restaurant is now being opened up, so one of the best seats in the house, uh, now called Skyline, is uh, going to be open and ready for business so everyone can enjoy themselves down in the basin. We'll be talking to Mike Mata and Dave Pontarelli when we come back. Bye-bye. Hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM 790. And we are all geared up for this weekend's Memorial Day lighting, our first full lighting of the season. Lots of phenomenal things happening. Uh, the Gendo Taiko drummers will be kicking off the evening on the basin stage. And actually before them, we've got this incredible Chinese lion dance, which is really to clear the air and clear the spirits and bring in good fortune, which we know it's going to be a beautiful night. Uh, I've been tracking the weather. I should be a meteorologist. And I'm actually so excited because I don't know if everybody remembers, but last year there was a point where the Capitol Grill was moving into where Ruth's Chris was. Waterplace Restaurant was not open. And for everyone who wanted to be in the basin and see people and be able to stay there and have a refreshment or something for a, a good period of time, there was nothing there. So I am so excited that I have got my two friends and Waterfire's new partner here. They have taken over. You know, we gotta do, we've got to be Rhode Island about this, guys, because it used to be Waterplace. But it's now going to be Skyline. But i got Mike Mata and uh, Dave Ponderelli here. And let's talk, guys. It's so This is so exciting to be able to have that space and to use it. What is the vision that you have? Well, thank you first for having us. We really appreciate it. Uh, the vision of uh, Skyline at Water Place is to really breathe some life back into that building. As you know, it's been dark for a long time. Um, and when it was at when it was Water Place Restaurant, it was vibrant and people were coming in there and being able to utilize the space. So we decided with our partners, uh, David and I, to uh, open it up back up and have it as a private wedding venue private events, birthday parties. We'll have it will be open for Mother's Day, Father's Day. It'll be really beautiful. We like to consider it like the Belmere of Providence. Um, they're doing some wonderful things out in Newport. We want to bring it to the city. So not necessarily for people who might be thinking it's going to be a restaurant. Right. It'll be open every day. So it won't be open every day. What we're going to do is we're going to test the waters. And uh, we'll, some days we'll have Thursdays where it'll be jazz night. Um, so we are going to open it up to the public as well. Um, one of the special events, obviously, is Water Fire. Um, we'll be open for all of the Water Fires. We'll also be open for all the WBRU concerts uh, this summer. And then we'll also be doing some events. We're going to have a Skyline concert series. Um, we'll do a couple this year, but definitely next year we're going to have a lot. We'll be working and partnered with uh, Arts, Culture, and Tourism. Nice. Um, we really just want to breathe life back into that basin. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it needs it. And, you know, when, especially when there's no water fire happening, you know, it is. There's a different feel that you have on you there. Um, but so you've embarked on this adventure. I know you're going to be open, um, but it's mostly the patios that are going to be open while you renovate the the inside, right? Right. For now, we're going to be open just at the patio levels. Uh, so we have the three the three different patios. We'll be serving um, drinks and food, um, and you can enjoy water fire and everything else that's going on downtown. Um, we're anticipating September mm -hmm. um, for the opening of the inside of the event, um, and then they'll be able to have two floors there. So we'll be able to have two events at the same time, um, and be able to do and utilize the patios as well. Right. And a key component to that as well in partnering with Water Fire and sharing in the mission and vision of Water Fire, 
um, is Russell Moore, and obviously they are Love our Rusty. exclusive caterer for mm-hmm. the venue. Um, so brides or anyone looking, corporations looking to book events, they'll know that uh, you know they're getting that superb excellence of Russell Moore and fine catering. Well, what you need to do, and I think Mike, you brought this up when we went to lunch the other day, is once that place is finished. You need to do a water fire and invite everybody exactly. who wants, you know, from the, from the bridal industry and everywhere else, yeah. invite them down and let them see exactly what the gorgeous space that Absolutely. What we want to do is we we don't want to just come into the city and kind of just take advantage of all the good stuff going on. We want to participate in it. Yeah, we want to Yeah, we want to give back. We understand the the what water fire is doing for our community and our state. Um, and how it's such a destination. We want to we want to be able to work and partner up together. Um, yes, we would love to do our own water fire, and we want to theme it out. We want it almost to be like a wedding expo, um, but using the uh, like the arts of the of what a wedding can be. Um, as uh, we've discussed, we'd love to be able to bring in national weddings where people come in and they have their own water fire for their own wedding. Yeah. Um, where they have the backdrop is the is beautiful water fire. Count me in, yeah. Mike. So, I'm, I'll be there ready. if we're there's ready. if there's water in the river. Yes, <laughs> if there's water in the river. <laughs> we need to get that dredging done yes. as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're working on exactly. it. You know, we, we keep trying to get that done and everything. So tell me, um, how are you? Oh, groundbreaking. There's yes. groundbreaking tomorrow because I know I'm going. So thank you. We have our groundbreaking ceremony tomorrow. We'll, we'll have a lot of dignitaries in. Um, our partners will be there, um, and we're going to break ground. Uh, it starts at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Um, food will be provided by Russell Morin, and we just want everyone to come out and understand what we're doing. Um, tomorrow will be the big splash. Everything launches, uh, just so you know. Um, we also, I own an advertising agency, mm-hmm. uh, David and I work at, called Adam Media Group. So it's all about marketing and making sure people understand what we're doing. Yes. So tomorrow the website will go live, um, so will the social media, and uh, we're, we're just going to launch this place. We really believe it's it's going to be a wonderful destination for people to come get married, yeah. have their corporate function, enjoy a water fire, enjoy a concert, and really breathe life back into that basin. So the groundbreaking, will that be happening on the basin stage area or... It'll actually be happening on the top terrace, oh, okay. street level, so people will be able to park on the street so they don't have to worry about not being able to find parking. Come and grab something to eat, hear about the new things that are coming to Skyline, and have the backdrop of a beautiful city. Yeah, and uh, will you have valet if people want to, or is that... the street? I believe the street's going to be closed off, so we'll be oh, able to okay. just park along the street and everybody will have access to get in and out. That's one, and I've got to tell you, because I used your valet service uh, for this last fire that we did for the Met School, and it was the coolest thing ever, because I had taken off, and I was going to the Capitol Grill, and I got a text message on my phone. Am I like this, like, have I been under a rock for, like, the longest Things time? Things have changed. Yeah, I guess Tell I got... to come and get your car, yeah. Yeah, it was perfect. It was like, this is such a cool thing to do. So, what else do you have up your sleeves that you want to kind of tease? So we're really excited for the first full water fire. We were lucky enough to be part of the last water fire. It did very well. Um, people are starting to understand, you know, because they're looking at the facility and they're saying, whoa, this place has been closed for so long. They're not understanding that it's actually open to the public. People can come in, enjoy a drink, enjoy some food, take a seat. We have the best seat in the house, I like to think. Yep. Um, so they can come on in and enjoy what's going on at the basin. And then obviously we're preparing now for Saturday. Um, Saturday's big water fire is coming, and we're taking VIP reservations if someone wants to come in, uh, up to two, four, six different folks that want to sit together in a couch area, uh, and then we have other spots that people can come and just enjoy a drink. So so where's the VIP reception area? VIP reception area will actually be held on each of the terraces, um, on the mid-terrace where the yawning used to be, for those of us familiar with the location, and then also on the street-level patio that Michael was just talking about, where our groundbreaking ceremony will be tomorrow, um, are available. So if anybody would like to book those, they can either go to the website, 
skyline at waterplace.com or call Michael or myself, 640-0031 or 270-1985 for those sections, and we can make sure that you you have reserved spot for that. For the water fire. And we'll make sure that we put that up on the um, water you. fire really website as well. It. We've got something called the Plan Your Trip to Providence page, Excellent. which has got the different hotels and the different restaurants Fantastic. that are our partners that support us. And, of course, the numbers and the websites. And so we'll definitely get that up there. And Fantastic. We are so happy to be able to be working with you. I've known you for quite a long time, Michael, yes. and you know, I, I know that you've got such a good heart, and I, we appreciate any partners that we can have that understand the challenges that Water Fire faces, especially when it comes to funding and making sure that we have an event that we can put on because it's so popular and we bring so many people into the city. So we are looking forward again to this weekend's first full water fire lighting. Yes, absolutely. And again, everybody go to the water fire website, uh, check out the lineup of all the great things happening and make sure you get down there early. Don't forget, we have the water fire arts festival plaza, which is happening on Washington street and steeple street that starts at six o'clock and it's got some of the most amazing local artisans and you really won't you don't want to miss that um so you know go check that out then go to the basin and check out what's happening on the basin stage get a cocktail over at skyline you and know. park your car so they could come right to skyline valet their car valet. they don't have to worry about it it's safe and secure Perfect. and come back and pick up your car well gentlemen thank you so much so thank glad to you. have you here and everybody you have been listening to water fire ignites rhode island here on am 790 your station for talk in business see you this weekend down by the riverside and happy memorial day weekend pause and uh, say thanks to those who have served our country and kept us safe